Order in the court. Hello, and welcome to another real podcast. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't this do is that. gross. If you feel like this a grape is... and you only have raisins. Don't do that. You have two nostrils. Okay. This wins right. the most disgusting episode so far. It's something that I still do, and I still do it and love it. Don't do that. Look, awards are great. Some are obviously more prestigious than others. This month, coming up right here on this podcast. Speaking of things <laughs> that you may not want to know. Come sit in somebody's lap. Don't do that. People know I hire talent sometimes, so I get 500 business cards at the conference, too. Guess what? They stay in the room when I leave. They wanted a British accent. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. And I don't have any samples with a British accent. Hey, guys. How's it going? Welcome back to another VO podcast. And welcome back. It's another VO podcast. And this week, we are uh, honored again to carry on a lot of guests uh, here at the end of the year and first of the year. And we're really happy to do that. This one's kind of taking a dual direction. And um, I, 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 at first, I said, I'm not even going to try to say it because I know everybody <laughs> goofs up your last name. But I think I got it pretty close. It's Rob Siglimpoglia. Thanks. Nice. nice. I, I, okay. I, I, First try. How's that? How long from did that? you practice for that, Troy? How long? Hey, man, a lot. More, more than I did for that recent, uh, that recent pharmaceutical spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rob, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Jake and Alden are here, and you know, we we want to talk both sides. Uh, you have a a history as a voice actor, as an on screen actor. You are also an entertainment attorney. Um, I know you do real estate, workers' comp, other stuff as well. A sag after actor and voice actor. You have the book out called Voice Over Legal. Um, you kind of started your VO trek, if I remember correctly, what I looked at around 2005. You've had some recognizable spots. You had a Super Bowl commercial in 2012 where you played the straight man. And I had I, I remembered it because I remembered the kid, how how much he yelled, but till I went back and watched it recently and watched focused on your part, what a great straight part he played. It was really, really good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I just love it when he just said, don't worry, he'll, he'll be done in a minute and all that stuff. It was just really good. If you haven't seen that, go to his website and look that up. It's really good. One of the things you may not know about Rob is, uh, he went to Eckerd college in St. Petersburg on a baseball scholarship. We kind of got oh, that. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, we've got some baseball in common. I had a scholarship to go down to Florida and blew a knee out, and uh, of course they said, "Nope, you, you don't get that now." Yeah, I know, I know, I know the story. I yeah. threw out my arm, and, and I came hmm. back and played at UConn. So, ah, uh, wow. okay, okay. What position did you play? I played outfield. Outfield, okay. Left field. Cool. Left field. Yeah, left field in college. I was a catcher. That's, nice. that's where all, all the short guys end up, I think. If you're under 5'8", five, 5'9", five, you end up catching. Come on, just put a brace on base. Get back behind the plate, blowing out your knee. Give yeah. me a brace. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, I, I tell you what I did, uh, Rob. I, I did this in 11th grade. So there was a local college here, Middle Tennessee State University, had a really good baseball program, and they had a walk-on day. And I thought I had rehabbed well enough to go play. The thing that I didn't realize from 11th grade to college was the pitching was a whole lot different. So I, they put all of us walk-ons in the dugout, one dugout. We were playing against the varsity. 
you know, and, and we, we were, we hit first and, and the coach, you know, where do you normally hit in the lineup? I said, I used to hit third or fourth always. He put me in third. I got up there. The first pitch came in and I'm like, holy Jesus, is that ball moving? I mean, I was probably seeing 50, 60 mile an hour in high school. And then here comes a guy at 85, 90, maybe. Sheesh. Different so world. I thought, oh, you got, you've always been able to see the ball, time it up, hit the ball. It's not that hard. Yeah. Next pitch. I drilled it. It's headed toward right center. I think it's gone. I had to speed up a little when I turned first because it it, it hit the warning track and I thought it was going to go. So I was going to try to stretch it to a double and my knee went out right when I made the turn at first. That's uh, the problem is running. That, that's no. that's always the problem. Yeah. So even, and, even and, though I still play and I'm you know 58 years old, I still play, but that, that's the running part that <laughs> is not yeah. the fun part about it. Yeah. And, and they awesome. didn't rehab you back in 1980 like they rehab people now. It was a little right. different mm-hmm. back then. The right. surgeries were rougher and, and all that. So let's let's get into the the nuts and bolts, um, and and we're probably just going to throw some stuff out there and, and and hear your knowledge on some of this stuff outside of even the VO work. Um, I guess in the last several years, and and I know uh, JMC was on just a while back, and he talked about how pay to play had changed, and and um, uh, and such as that. One of the questions that I had, and these guys will probably have questions along the same lines. When we are booking these jobs on these pay-to-plays, nine times out of 10, there's no contracts. There's no agreements. It's whatever the terms and conditions are on that platform. What else should we be doing to protect ourselves? I mean, it's just because you're you're booking it on, on the platform using their terms of service doesn't mean that you can't send in a, a contract to the client. Right. Um, it also, you can also fill things in on the, you know, on the, on the screen where it does you the details the of the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right on the proposal yeah. itself. You could put terms in there. Um, you know, and I would for a certain, you know, there's certain jobs that I see on there. I'd be like, yeah. oh, you know, raise a lot of red flags and I'd be either, I wouldn't be putting the audition in at all, or I would be putting a lot of, a lot of conditions in, you know, especially now with AI, you know? Oh yeah. 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 So you, you got to, you know, like you really should have a rider on every single contract now saying that or have a contract to say that they're not going to use your files to, to uh for ai right because they can do it they can do it just for that job if they wanted to you know the project that you're you're um auditioning for or get the job on they can just take your voice and and just math take the ai and, and change whatever you said right and they can right. You know, so just for that you know it, it's a i mean for that gig it's not as bad if they take it and use it for other things but you know it, i still would want to know if they're Using to kind of yeah. use my, my files and then alter 100%. them through AI for, for that gig too. So yeah. right, right, and it doesn't take uh, as much as it used to from everything we're hearing. You know, used to it was like, oh, we need almost an hour, uh, in, but no, you're hearing now a minute or two. One minute, yeah. Actually, I have a, I got a little something I want to show you here on my phone. Oh man, okay. <clears throat> so, because I'd heard uh, three minutes, that's even. One minute. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, they only yeah. they only need one. They don't even need a minute really now. They only need so the more that they have, the better the clone's gonna sound. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's right. the thing. But right. Right. Hold on, let me just pull this up. And, and my, uh, here, my uh, speechify. My voice.speechify.com. Mm-hmm. So you you guys get a chance, go play with it. You can just hit the import my voice, talk in here for a minute, or you can just pull a file up. That you already have, mm-hmm. so I, I put a file in here for. I have a one minute audio book sample that I put in here. 
right? And then you just hit the generate audio button, and it's gonna it'll read the script that you you can post the script in there. So I'll just let you see what it sounds sounds like when uh, oh my when it's done uh, importing. Amazing. That's and what's the amazing. website? Myvoice.speechify.com. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's scary. Cookie, it's cookie right now, but I'll, I'll let you know when it uh, when it when it finishes. I'll I'll play it so you can hear that. You compare it compare it to what I'm how I'm talking now, and yeah, you'll see how scary it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very. I, there it is. I have a Here. hold on. Partnering with Speechify allowed me to clone my own voice, making it faster than ever to create new audio and video content. If you're a content creator, podcaster, video editor, or anyone else looking to elevate your projects with top-notch voiceovers, I highly recommend giving Speechify a try. Thanks to Speechify, I can now confidently deliver outstanding results every time. That was based on a, uh, that was just a one-minute set, you know, sample. Yeah, you know, like you had you like you do. Or I guess it's a three-minute thing. You know, you like you do the they take the sample of an audio book and they use it to sell. That's I just yeah yeah. I put up I put that up there, and that's what. That's what came that's out. Amazing. Of it. I could still wow, hear amazing. some. I could still really hear the telltale cadence of AI, yes. though. Yes. You know, yeah. And that's that's yeah. something that even with more speech, it still it takes longer. I think to weed that that yeah. AI mm-hmm. cadence out. Well, yeah. that's that's based on that's what I that's what I was saying. Yeah. The more that you, the more sample you give. Yeah. The, the less of that cadence that you're going to hear, the more natural yeah. it's going to sound. That that's only three minutes of my of my speech. Golly, that's so, crazy. It, it is. I mean, it, you can fool somebody with that. You know, oh, and that's sure. Just, and that's sure. just, you know, that's like a free thing that you get yeah. Yeah. Over, over the internet. Yeah. You, you know, that's not the big programs that they use when they're when these guys are doing AI on, on the professional yeah. jobs. So, And as we wow. hear all the time, it's good enough. For some jobs, you know, and for some things, it is good enough. Sure. You know, I, I know there's there's places the human voice just, you know, they, they can't, it's not going to be replaced. But mm-hmm. uh, there is a lot of places that something like that is good enough. And, and Alden, you had brought this up before, companies uh, turning to it a lot more for training and stuff. And w- we sometimes think, well, if they don't care anymore about their employees to provide a real voice, you know, it's just, it seems very unfair, but it yeah, is what I think it is. It, it's a I budget. think it talks about, I think it's a telltale of their priority. Their priority is saving money. Sure. Using right. AI. So right. what are they communicating to their employees? Our priority is not quality. Our priority right. is cheap. Right. And so you're right. building a cheap, you know, employee base that doesn't yeah. really care about value oftentimes. Right. Right. Um, I, I have had good luck using uh, an AI writer. I have not once had pushback. It's been it's been very successful. Um, and, and it's been a lot of times where they provided a contract and, and I, you know, went through it, looked at it, added the writer, uh, have marked some stuff through or whatever. And I've not really had much pushback from clients yet. I think yep. they're learning as well. So. Yeah, most of the time they're like, "Oh, we, sure, we're not going to clone your voice. We never even thought of that." And so they yeah. just you know, they sign yeah. it because they, they have no intention of uh, of doing it. But you know, <laughs> the ones that uh, maybe have it in the back of their mind, or maybe they're they're a little deceitful, and then they're yeah, the ones right. that are going to push back harder. So yeah, sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing we we see on there a lot uh, on pay to plays relates to usage and exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the newer voice actors do not know. They do not understand. They don't not pay or they just don't pay attention to these TTS jobs and you'll still yeah. see them get 15, 20 auditions. Um, tell us a little bit about those two things and, and why it's not good to, to do those jobs. 
No, I mean, so you should obviously you want to limit um, in perpetuity exclusivity yeah. jobs mm-hmm. as much as you can because yeah. you know it, it just number one, no one there's no one that's going to use anything in perpetuity, right? Because just think about it. No one survives forever. Yeah, <laughs> like right. it's, it's, it's a finite. We're all yeah. finite beings. You know, right. We're only here for a small period of time. So, <laughs> like, no one's going to use anything in perpetuity. It's ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. what, what it means is just the client. They don't know what they want to do with with. They're just trying to keep their options open. So, but they want to really own your nail, voice. They want to just do whatever they you know use however they want later on and figure it out later on. So you got to nail it down as to how they how they're going to use the voice and how they're going to use their file and how long they're going to use it for because you know some of them some of them time out themselves. You know, like if it's a Christmas twenty twenty three special, you're doing the commercials. Well, you know, okay, fine, you can have it in perpetuity because they're not going to use it. I mean, they can't use it again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'd have I'd have to change it. In order, or they have to change it by AI for 2024, right? So, sure. right. Um, but for the most part, you you don't you know you you don't want them to be able to take your file and use it for anything they want forever, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it also it affects exclusivity because if you have a commercial that's airing, um, say for for um, Coke, and you gave them in perpetuity rights. And then they start airing it again next year, and the year after, and the year after. That means you can't do anything for any other carbonated beverage, Pepsi or anything else, while while that is it's airing. Mm-hmm. So, and with non-union, the lines are so blurred now because, like union, it used to be for commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you had thirteen-week cycles, and that's why you know you they paid residuals through that, so you get paid for not being able to voice other similar types of spots. But now, non-union, what happens if they use it for an e-learning thing? Yeah, and it's it's e-learning on YouTube. You know, is that considered? And and you know, like say it's a uh, you're training Coke employees on how to do something, and you know, and then you want to do a job for Pepsi, and Pepsi's like, no, we need exclusivity. Do you have anything that you did for another company, and you did this e-learning thing? It's not a commercial, which traditionally wouldn't be in conflict, but now, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Right. If you right. gave mm-hmm. you gave you gave a perp to them. Right, right. perpetuity yeah. rights. Yeah, who knows if that's considered to be a, a conflict mm-hmm. or it, it's um, affecting exclusivity. So that's why it's important to nail these terms down. So it you really don't have to deal yeah. with those issues. It really is, and we can't count on the pay-to-play sites to organize that for us because they no. they are they are posting and promoting all these in perpetuity jobs, and they're counting on the talent to discern that and not do it if they don't want to do it. So they just they just they just take yeah. the terms that the, the clients give them and post it. Right, that's right. It. They, they don't they don't really do anything about right. altering them or weeding them out. Or I mean, they weed out. They try to weed out fraud and scams. That's sure. fine. And then those slip through too. Yeah. Right. So right. If they those are slipping through, they're not going to care about exclusivity and things like that. Those are things that yeah. the actor have to care about themselves. Yep. yep. And those they have to address it themselves. And so, to educate the client on what you were just talking about regarding exclusivity versus in perpetuity. That that right. onus is on the talent to educate the client, exactly, not the pay to play yeah. side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, and and, and and you know, if you talk to agents, they'll tell you the same thing. Nobody uses anything in perpetuity, so let's just figure out how, what you what you want to use it for, how long, right. and then we'll right. figure out a, a fair a fair price for you. Yeah. Right, you know, because yeah. it's you know, things are going to have a shelf life. They're they're not going to last yeah. forever. So mm-hmm. let's just figure out what that is. 
and, and that's much easier to price it. So I, I think a lot of these clients on the pay to plays because it's easy to go in there and right. click a box and they just click that perpetuity box or that, right. you know, whatever, because it covers everything and they don't have to worry about it. Exactly. I don't know how many things I've seen lately. Like you said, they cover the, this Christmas. It's a Christmas thing. And it says, you know, online in perpetuity. No, it's not. It's not even worldwide. They're just playing it in their office. And sometimes you read <laughs> through that. And like you said, stick it in the proposal. You know, this is only good for so many or, or a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, let, let's touch a little bit about liability as a voice actor, because I had heard a story about, and I don't know if it was true or not, about someone had gotten sued over something that they had had voiced uh, because of slander. And uh, how how do we as voice actors protect ourselves or what should we do? Should there be, should we be carrying some kind of liability insurance? What should we be doing? So what you want to do is make sure in your contract that the client indemnifies you. So make sure there's an indemnification clause, indemnification and hold harmless clause in the contract that says if you get sued, the client's going to take care of it. They're going to they're going to pay for it. They're going to hire the lawyer. They're going to pay. There's any judgment, right? Because that's not your slander is not you. You're just reading mm-hmm. what someone wrote, right? So right. You, you, but so but the way slander law works is it it doesn't matter if you spoke it and someone else wrote it you're still, you still could be sued and still be held responsible for slander because you're the one that spoke, you're the one that spoke the words. So business insurance covers that too. Business insurance does cover libel and slander. So that would be one reason to get it if you're concerned. Um, but you don't, I mean, you don't really need to get business insurance. Um, because if you just look, you know, just make sure that you're, you're, looking at what the script is saying and if it you know if it seems like it's false seems like it's not true you know then talk to your you got to make sure that the client's going to take care of it because their insurance mm-hmm. should take care of it not yours right so right. but you can get you can get any business policy well most business policies cover slander so that would be one reason to get a business policy mm. you know which would cover Makes all sense. business all business liability so you know, like if you had someone come to your home studio and they fell or something like that, that would your business insurance would cover it. You wouldn't have to worry about if your homeowners covers it or not. Yeah, yeah, right. makes sense. I, I I see a lot of uh, user generated content or, or whatever these are where people are going on doing these what I'd call a false testimonial and stuff like that would scare me to mm-hmm. death. Yes, mm-hmm. anytime anytime you're talking about um you're you're promoting a product. So I had a client that this happened to as well. So he uh, they, he got hired off of Fiverr and they wanted him to play the CEO of this uh, crypto fund company. That's so he okay. was acting like, okay, this is crypto fund is great. It's going to get you a hundred thousand percent return. You know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. then it was a scam. Oh. So it wasn't a company. It was just a scam. So they, they, all these people, got their invested invested their money and they just it was gone so he was the face of the company that didn't oh. exist so they, they a whole bunch of people you know they were they were flaming him online they were making claims against them all kinds of stuff that he had to deal with and of course our platform didn't do anything about it they, right, they, didn't, right. they, didn't, they didn't they didn't care it's like we we're just talking about mm-hmm. so you know so wow. he had to deal with that himself so you know, whenever you're trying to, whenever you get a script and you're playing a CEO, or you're playing another person, and you're making testimonials about products, those are where the red flags should pop up. Right. Right. Because unless, yeah. unless, 
you know for a fact that what you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. And if something turns out to be false, you can you can be held. They can sue you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. I guess that would even come down to these video sales letter things where you read the big long thing about tinnitus and I, you know, I went over to another country and I went and got all these natural supplements and put them together. And now I'm selling these capsules Absolutely. You know, for so much. And yeah, that stuff scares me. I, and when I first got into this, I was naive. I would do them. I didn't know any better, mm. but thank yeah, goodness. I mean, those know. are the kinds. Of, those are the kind of scripts that could get you in trouble if they're, if, yeah. you know, if, you know, because mm-hmm. if they're not, if you're exaggerating the, you know, the, the the effects of a medicine, or you know, or saying that some herb cures cancer or something like that, like you right. can really, you can really right. get in trouble. Right. That kind of stuff, you know. And plus, like I said, what happens if it really is just a scam and it's there's no company behind it? Yeah. Somebody yeah. just sent you <laughs> mm-hmm. a script and they're just a scammer. Then you're the one holding the whole bag. There's right. no right. Yeah. there's no indemnification in that case. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Well, I think, uh, I think that would be a good reason to get insurance. Like, so if right, you got yeah. a script like that, then go buy the insurance yeah. <laughs> to cover yourself and then, then read it. So yeah, if, if you're makes, out there doing all that user generated content, you better get a policy. You better shake. be covered. It makes me think of safe. the early the early uh, part of when that Sam Beckman fried uh, scandal all came into into being. We were looking at the actors that were like Larry David, and uh, even I think Tom Brady was a part of that. Tom Brady not, was not an actor, but he was a spokesman yep. for yep. right for that exactly. company, and they it looked trouble. like they were in some serious hot water for a while. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yep! Wow! Um, yeah, it was uh, it was like the, the the first case I ever heard about that was Robin Leach. Remember Robin mm. Leach? Yeah. Yep. Lifestyles yeah. Rich Life's and Famous. Oh yeah. Rich and famous. And he he was a. Uh, he was pitching some kind of product like we were just talking about and yeah. it turned out to be false and he got sued. And I think he went bankrupt because of oh, that. Oh, I do remember that. That's yeah. terrifying, dude. If you don't know what you're doing, that's terrifying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that, that had come up recently in the group, and I know you had commented on it and I don't remember which group it was in. And, and I think you and I both had commented on it. It had a lot to do with people who love to make uh, video demos and, yes, and, yes, yes. and that's very understandable. A lot of people do that, but a lot of people do early on. They think, oh, it's okay just to duplicate the original and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I think what we were trying to get across to people is no, that's not okay. You can no. get in trouble for that. And, um, there is a different way to do it and, and et cetera. You know, when you're making demos as in hiring a copywriter and doing your own stuff and having someone do that professionally, it knows what they're doing and keeping you out of trouble. Right. Uh, but uh, elaborate a little bit on that because I know uh, we had mentioned someone had, you know, I had heard of people getting a cease and desist and having to take things down, but I hadn't Absolutely. heard of anybody going any further than that, I guess, because they acted. But does that right. happen quite often or, or how does that work out? Yeah. So uh, what you're talking about is, so let's just use my Super Bowl commercial, for example. Okay. Like say someone wanted to recreate that whole Super Bowl commercial and then post it up online or use the original all the pictures and just change the voices mm-hmm. right because that's what they do with the video demos they'll use the, mm-hmm. the original pictures and then they'll take the, the they'll take the original voiceover off and put their voice on as, as a demo so mm-hmm. whoever created those pictures has a copyright in it on it right that's their property so this is one of the things that I that I see people don't understand about copyright is they think there's like some copyright police that come out of the sky and like bust you and put you in jail if you violate copyright. And that's not how it works. 
the person that created that work is the one that could come after you, <clears throat> right? So it's not like the government's going to come and arrest you or anything like that. It's the person that created that work. So right. there's no way of knowing when you swipe someone's picture, <laughs> video, if they're going to come after you or not, right? There's no way of knowing that. So obviously, if you swipe someone's picture and use it and put your voice over it, of course they can come after you. Why wouldn't they be able to? Yeah. So I hear all these, I see all these arguments that it's, that's fair use. That's fair use. We're allowed to do it through fair use. Well, fair use is a defense to copyright. So that means if you're arguing fair use, you're already lost because you're sitting in a court in the defendant's table with a judge in front of you, paying 20 grand to your lawyer, arguing fair use, right? Because you have to say, you have to say it meets the four criteria that the, Supreme Court set for fair use. The first one is it's not a commercial purpose. That's the first one. So I don't know how, what voiceover artists that created a demo, a video demo, to show what they could do so they get hired can say, I'm not using this for commercial purpose. I don't know mm-hmm. how you could use that as defense. But that's the first one. And then the other ones are, you know, if it's if it's far enough, you know, there's a change enough, so it's transformative. There, you know, those there's three other ones. But the number one the, you know, part of the fair use test is that it's not commercial, not for commercial purposes. So I don't, I can't tell somebody that it, when they come to me and show me, oh, look, I used Toyota commercial. I took the, I used all the video and I just put my voice up on it. Now I'm going to put it up online. But I can't tell them if they're going to get sued or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Toyota may know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Did you call Toyota and ask them if it was okay? Because they're the ones that are coming after you, not mm-hmm. me. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> right, <laughs> Whoever made right. that commercial is the one that's coming after you. So, right. Like if they, they, I get asked this question all the time. Is it okay? I don't know if it's okay. No, it's not okay. Toyota can come after you. <laughs> Are they going to come after me? I don't know. Like I don't know. So like people want me. They'll come to me and ask me for my advice, and they want really want me to put my rubber stamp of approval on it. You know, which I can't do because. You're not That's, the it's just the law. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not the one. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like exclusivity. You were talking about that earlier. It's the same same issue. So, like, if you have a a commercial running for Coke, and then Pepsi says they want to hire you, but they want you to be exclusive, right? So, Pepsi's the one that has to say it's okay or not, whether they care if you have a Coke commercial running. They're the wow. only ones that can answer that question. They're the only person in the entire universe. So, when I see people posting those questions up on Facebook. I'm, I'm like, okay, great. You got my opinion. You got your opinion, your opinion, but it doesn't matter what we say. There's only one person that's, that matters. And that's Pepsi. They, they have to say, we don't care that you have a Coke commercial. No problem. We'll still hire you. Right? So right. it's the same thing right. with this. Same thing. With, if the only person in the whole world that it matters to answer this question is, is the person that's video you're using. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So makes sense. It's it's much better just to go get you could just go get B roll. You go buy it online. You just B roll all over the place of a truck running on the street. Right. And just right. you know, drag some copy and throwing it up there and and, and doing it. It's much. It's much. You're not going to get in trouble that way. You're not going to get sued that way. Right. Right. So makes sense. Yeah. And you are you allowed to use the copy that you are allowed to use. Mm. So like if you wrote down the copy of, of something that you see yeah. on the internet or whatever, you use that to record. That's not a problem. Oh, okay. That that's already been tested. That that is considered fair use. Courts have already said that, so that's not a problem. So you can, or and you can say the names. That's good to know. Yeah. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's you really can say Toyota. You can say Coke. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. say Pepsi, because mm-hmm. it's not trademark infringement by 
that's also been tested. So yeah, yeah. good to know. You can't use the logos, right? So if you put the right. logo in the corner, yeah, then that is that is infringement. Ah, makes so, sense. It does make sense. It does. Um, we we've hit on a lot of that stuff. Let's talk. Let's let's turn back the clock and let's talk about how how you and I know I have heard or read some things about how you wanted to be an actor, how you wanted to do these other things, and you end up being an attorney. And it's funny because. Uh, it, it probably somewhere in my thirties or forties, I thought, man, my dad offered to put me through law school. Why didn't I go? Cause I loved it. I, I had, I really loved it, but I didn't, I wanted to get married and do the other things. And I did them. But anyway, <laughs> um, my, my thing when I was a kid was I, I got my first cassette recorder somewhere around seven or eight. And I started mimicking the radio. I started mimicking the, the Atlanta Braves games, the, uh, Milo Hamilton and Ernie Johnson are mimicking the commercials and recording them and listening back to them. And then it became, well, I think I want to go into radio. And then I go to college and I'm like, gosh, they don't make any money. I can't do this. I'm going to get a business degree. I'm going to do this. And then later, you know, you end up in a career and you do what you do. But you were able to to go back and grab that love of what you do and do it. So tell us how all that evolved and, and transformed for you. Sure, sure. I mean, first of all, I'm glad that I went to law school. Because I realized that uh, yeah. you know, with, law, with a law degree, you can, you can do so many different things. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many avenues. And in a way, the law degree kind of opened up a lot of the doors I have right now in the entertainment field. Because you know, I realized now, well, I realized a while ago, that lawyers really run the entertainment field. Right? It's all based on law. All, it's all based on contracts. It's all based on licensing. It's all based on sync licenses. It's all based, you know, on reviewing copy. You know, all lawyers run them. They run the. Yeah. They run the. They run everything. You know, copyright mm-hmm. law. Mm-hmm. So it opens up. You get to meet a lot of people in the business. That's and you get yeah. to talk to a lot of people and you know pick their brains. So that's. I'm glad I. I'm glad I wasn't became an attorney. I'm still glad, you know, that's why I still practice because I do a lot of entertainment law because it yeah. really goes hand in hand with, you know, the other side of it, the entertainment mm-hmm. side, but you know, it's, it's different because you're using the other side of your brain. It's, you know, it's the business logic side versus the creative side. Mm-hmm. Left versus so right. I, I, yeah, exactly. I've, but I always liked creative writing and I always like singing and I always like, you know, doing creative things. So that's why I decided I wanted to try voiceover. And the reason, the way I found it, I just saw an adult education class that was being given locally here, and I was just like, "That looks cool. I'm, I'm going to try it out." I, you know, I I didn't really even know what voiceover was when I took the class. I I thought, I, th- I really thought voice uh, voiceover was cartoons. Sure, that was what I mm-hmm. associated with. I Same. didn't know any other thing beside cartoons. So, you know, it really opened my eyes, and it really it's it did it definitely appealed to the creative side of me. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I pursued it. I decided I'm going to pursue this. I took some classes. I did my demo, and then the first gig I landed was a, a PBS national documentary That's on awesome. the American Experience oh. TV show. I, I went up to Broadway Sound where they do uh, Saturday Night Live post Thirty Rock. Oh, dude! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was Whoa. in that studio there, and and uh, Campbell Scott was the narrator for the particular episode, and then I did a cu- couple of the uh, foreign voice dubs. So you know, like it was a, it was a, it was about the original hijackings of the planes, 
mm-hmm. like before 9-11, yeah, back yeah. in the 70s when they hijacked yeah. them and had them on different runways mm-hmm. and they blew them up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I had uh, done like a French Red Cross person and one of the pilots, you know, a couple of voices that I just did turn there, whatever they're, whatever they're speaking, you know, I dubbed over in English. Right. So, oh, okay. That was, that was my first. My that was your first, first gig. And you're my going first gig ever. Over there. Wow. That's, dude. Funny. That's amazing. That is so, amazing. So yeah. th- then I realized, wait a minute. This is not how all voiceover jobs are. <laughs> right. like I thought that's how I, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is all they're all supposed to be. Yeah. But, you know, then I realized, wait a minute, this is, you know, that I realized how unusual it was. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you didn't start it's, off it's, as an entertainment lawyer, right? I did. Well, I, when I first started um, in practice, I uh, I did music. I did. Uh, okay. I represented musicians. I represented bands. So nice. That was that was some of the first. Uh, clients that i had were um, musicians do you still have so, any of those clients i know musicians don't tend to stay together always but i mean individually maybe no. yeah i mean i still have them as clients but they're not really doing a lot of music stuff anymore um okay. but they come to me occasionally but the music business has changed so much since from then to now like yeah. completely different oh yeah completely different business in fact it's what the the transition for um, film is going through right now yeah same thing where you know like you have all the streamers so you can put things out independently on your own you don't need a big label you don't need a big studio to back you you know that's how it was back then it was all the studios all the big recording labels if you didn't get signed to a big recording label and you went indie forget about it you were mm-hmm. you were never getting on the radio and well, you no one would listen to you you, you know now you could just you know, go on to spotify or right apple music or one of the million platforms and you can you can get on there and be heard a million or you know million hits million listens it's so much different now than it was back back then so mm-hmm. so how mm-hmm. rapidly are things changing and what's it like having to keep up with changes like that like in the internet mm-hmm. i mean like i mean i imagine mm-hmm. like do you is there like a source that you have to check maybe once a week once a month or something just to make sure you're up up to date on everything or is it just kind uh, of like a? there's no one source i just there's there's i there's cases that I, that I, you know, I, I subscribe to. So I get mm. to, you know, I get, this, you know, when a case comes down, I'll get a notification that I read it. Um, you know, really just, if you hook up to Apple news or Google, you'll, you'll keep on top of a lot of the stuff that's, that's mm. going on. Okay. So True. kind of set your filters uh, or whatever, make sure you're getting that kind of stuff. Yeah. You just put the, you know, I'll put, I'll go on Apple news and I'll, every I subscribe to it. So that when a news story hits, I get a, a um, notice notification on my phone. And a lot of the stuff, a lot of the Apple News stuff is relates to technology. So, mm-hmm. you know, like all the lawsuits, the lawsuits for the AI. Mm. Yeah. You know, like the authors and the pa- and the artists, the painters, they're, they're suing and the photographers. They brought those class actions against open AI for generative AI. You right. Know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, I, mm. I, get, I learned that through Apple News. I'll just get a pop-up and then I'll go, if I want to research it more, I'll go actually look for the court case and, and read it. I I cool. sat in a uh, I sat in a thing earlier in in uh, 2023 uh, like probably the beginning of that um I was in I I'm I'm I took Paul Schmidt's course in um, one and he he has weekly meetings with his people and whatnot um and in one of those he had his entertainment uh, attorney in there and AI was obviously brought up and this was actually not long after Chat GPT was like a thing you know like became a thing and she had said you know the law hadn't really caught up with AI and stuff like you right. know people stuff being steal- stolen are 
because of how rapid that's kind of grown, is the law still catching up? I mean, is yes. it, I guess it's always going to always try to be catching up because of how rapid things are improving and changing and, and what their capabilities, I mean, AI's capabilities is, right? Yeah, they just passed uh, a law very, very recently because the politicians were all worried about getting deep faked. Oh, <laughs> so, well, that is scary. So that's why they passed the law. But it's more, the law that they passed is, is for more people swiping somebody's voice and using it for, you know, like that for for a deep fake for right, a politician, right. or for you know, like when you when you get the spam calls or scam calls that, that mm-hmm. your your kids talking to you, telling you to send money because mm-hmm. they're kidnapped. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's an AI voice. So, like those, are the, that's what the laws. That's what it's more geared toward now. Right. So it, it's going to filter down to the artists soon, but they're yeah. not really. Yeah. You know that that's a secondary side issue right now for the for, right because people in power that actually could pull something in their way. Those are the ones they're worrying about being copied. Well, they're worried about mm-hmm. the more general public. Ah, so they're they're worried more about people that you know, like some innocent person that gets their voice yeah. stolen, and then some some scammer empties out their bank. Right, mm. that makes sense. Or they, you know, they yes, uh, a politician. He's just hanging out, and all of a sudden, he's he's online giving a speech talking about uh, Hitler or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. concerned right. about that, right? Because Makes it's it, it's the, they're more innocent victims. Like for, uh, for us, like we have more control over mm-hmm. what our where our work goes. Like that's why we have the riders. That's why we have contracts. So we have a little more control. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're expected to know a little better, right? <laughs> I guess. Well, and that's well not that we know better. It's just that we have more. We can more, we can remedy it more. It more. Mm-hmm. You know sense. what I mean? Yep. Yep. If someone steals our voice and we're, you know, it's, we're a victim like everybody else, that's different. Sure. But our work is different. It's different. Our work is different than, you know, just our everyday voice. Right. Right. Absolutely. What, what is your, um, work balance like between, you know, the, the lawyering and, and voiceover and acting? Yeah. How how do you, how do you balance all that? It's all blended together. It's yeah. all, it really is all blended together. So constantly doing it. It just, it just like, yeah, I'm, even when I'm in practicing law, most of the time it's entertainment related. It's voiceover related. It's acting related. It's film. Cause I produce films too. And oh, I represent awesome. filmmakers. So most of it is that I do workers comp. I do real estate. I do taxes. A lot of times they're for artists. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing that stuff for <laughs> all so time. Really, yeah. Workers comp and personal injury is really the only stuff that's not, you know, that's outside the, outside the entertainment business completely. Right. Uh, you know, but then, you know, like yesterday, I just got, a, I got a, uh, I got an email. Are you around next week? We want you to uh, voice a national commercial. Yes. For one, you know, one of my clients. So awesome. yeah, no, no problem. I'm around. They're checking to see if I'm around or I'm going away, but that, that happens every day. It's, you know, it just, it depends on if it's coming from a talent that wants me to review a, a contract or if it, you know, uh, if it's somebody that wants me to voice something or it's a filmmaker, you know, like actually I had got a, and the same thing happened yesterday from a filmmaker. They wanted me to set up an LLC for them mm. for their, for the film that they're making. So like it, it's, I, it's so combined now that it's like, I can't separate it even if I, yeah. if yeah, I tried. So it's, it. it's probably like 80% entertainment stuff, which includes some, the law mixed in and 20% all just completely yeah. law. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. You just have to keep a nice tight calendar and balance and yeah. juggle, and that's all. I mean, you've been doing do. it for so yeah. long, you probably got it down to second you know, nature. your kind of science yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for it's sure. Because I for just sure. I prioritize it, you know. Because right. you know, sometimes you can, sometimes stuff comes in that is, uh, 
it's 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 just going to be a time suck. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that right mm-hmm. away that this is going to take too much time. It's it's you know, and then when it takes too much time, not even if they even if it was a project I wanted to do and it was free. If it takes too much time, I can't make money on the other stuff mm-hmm. that I'm giving up the mm-hmm. time for. And that, right. That's where it's the issue because that's where it affects me paying my bills. Yeah. Right. So it's not that I don't don't like to do free stuff. It's it's an economic necessity. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I, if yeah, I, right. I take it, you no. Know, if it's something quick, no problem. But if it's something that's going to take time, mm-hmm. then I, I it has to really be something that I really I'm really passionate about, and then I have to budget for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. because yeah. I, I'm, I know I'm going to lose I'm going to lose a certain percentage of income, so I got I got to budget for that so that I pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know uh, uh, Rob helped me a while back. I had my first management contract and I was naive with it. I really didn't know that much about what to look for. And he went, and of course it helped that he knew the person it came from sure. and he was able to run through that and, and quickly get it back to me and tell me, you know, maybe take this out or maybe question this. And it was, it was great. Uh, it was, you know, uh, a, a great process. I know he's, he helps a lot of people like that. And we'll get into uh, here in just a second, we'll get into how to how to reach out and 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 get to him. Um, we also want to talk a little bit more about the book Voice Over Legal. I know it's available on Amazon, but you also have a a website where you can go into a PDF download. I think. Yep. So Amazon's got the electronic version. Oh, nice. So you can mm-hmm. get the Kindle version mm-hmm. or the e version. But uh, if you go to VoiceOverLegal dot com, you can get a paperback. Ah, so cool. a lot of people I have, have a okay. paperback version of it. Cool. Yeah, nice. actually, I ran into you at One Voice. I think I was because I was I was volunteering there. I was checking people's you know badges every time they were going into a session, and I looked up when I scanned yours, and I just said, "I have your book," and you were like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> I was like, "I'm sure," and I think I even said, "I'm pretty sure everybody here probably has your book." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I like I love people say they have the book. It's awesome. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Well, it's a great book to have. <laughs> Good resource. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, of for course, sure, man. So uh, we we picked up on that part. Now, Rob, if somebody does have something they need you to review, they want to work with you on getting contracts or getting things done. How? What's the easiest way to reach out to you? Easiest way is by email. So uh, R O B S C I G at USA.net. Okay. Or they can go to my website R O B S C I G E S Q dot com. Okay. Okay. And you're in several of the Facebook groups. So if they happen to see you there, they could probably at least ping you there if they didn't get the information here. Um, You're just a wonderful resource. I I appreciate, um, you know, the the time you spent on on the little item that I had. Appreciate everything you do for the industry. I think we've been educated today. We've learned a little more about Rob and his VO career. Mm Because, you know, I bet a lot of people, when they see him, they think, hey, that's that's the, the VO lawyer. And they don't really realize this guy's he's also a VO and an actor right. and he's got some really cool credits to his work. Go look at his website and look at some of the stuff he's done. It's very interesting. And I was just, um, um, impressed too, that he's ball player. You know, it's nice, to, nice to have some fellow, fellow ball players around. Just a well-rounded a guy. I still, I still play. Like I said, that's I, amazing. I play, that's man. awesome. Four, te- four softball teams. That's Holy awesome. Man. That's awesome. I manage the, uh, SAG after team in central park. Oh, do you I, really? I, I pitch, so. That's amazing. That is neat. That is neat. That's <laughs> that awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Rob. We don't want to tie you up because I know that calendar's tight. And sure. uh, we do really appreciate the time spent with us and uh, wish you all the best on the VO career side and the acting side. And we're sure that the uh, the legal will continue because there's so many of us out there getting in and oh, out of the yeah. business and need the advice. So thanks for that. Alden, Jake, any last uh, things for Rob? I just really educational. wanted to. Yeah, it's been definitely educational. Um, 
what was it like when you saw your Super Bowl commercial for the first time? <laughs> oh, that's a great question because it was it was it was so exciting. Um, I'm sure. Do you guys have a couple more minutes? I could tell you the story. I was yeah, 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 absolutely. Because yeah. it'll it'll show why it was so exciting. So when I had shot that commercial, I had done a play with the the woman who played my wife in that commercial, mm-hmm. Jamie Kiahane, and she. Um, had just like texted me one day and she's like, do you want, do you want to be my husband? That's what the text said. <laughs> and I wrote back nice. and I'm like, you know, I'm married, right? And she's like, yes. God, she's like, she got mad. She's like, yes, I know you're married. I'm talking about doing a commercial. <laughs> she was, she was, she was joking around. So I was sure, like, yes, sure. I, you know, I was, then I asked her what it was for. And she told me it was for this commercial. It was going to be a spec um, for, it was a commercial that was going to the London. They were going to, if they, got picked it was going to the london film festival it was going to be played in the london film festival so i looked up the kids work and i was like this kid's great yeah i want to do this um so it was a spec thing it wasn't even pay i signed that if we got you know if it, if it went anywhere it would, you know we, i would get paid it would get go sag whatever um so chevy it was for chevy they saw the commercial and they they took it out they pulled it from the london film fest and they said we, we're going to put it into our super bowl contest Oh my god! So it went. It was like a content. It was like a Doritos kind type of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, actually, so people, yeah, people were voting for it, and, and there was so much buzz about it, and it won. That's amazing. So, <laughs> so then when the commercial came out, it aired. And actually, it aired. They they surprised us. And they put it on the the um, NFC um, championship game a week before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's when it first aired, and no one knew that it was going to be airing there. So we all, went, you know, we went crazy. We went of nuts. Course. And you know, and it was huge because it was like everyone kind of whoever voted for it, it felt like they you know, they had a piece, you know, they had, they had a stake yeah. in it. So yeah, that's why it was so exciting. And then yeah. the following week, we we the, the uh, sponsor of the contest threw a party in uh, New York City. So we went down and we like premiered the commercial, you know, at, at uh, this restaurant where they did the party. So. <laughs> That's amazing, That's man. That's gotta that be a neat. cool experience to have. Like just like the way the process of it getting to the Super Bowl alone. Exactly. Is yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing, man. Thank and, you so and, much for sharing that with us. Yeah, no I, I was I was excited because one guy here in my town sent me a message after the Super Bowl and said, Hey, I think I heard you on on TV after the Super Bowl. And I'm like, Yeah, you did. But that was it. One guy. <laughs> yeah, well that was well, the, that's how I knew it. it aired on the NFC championship game because my phone was like blown up. I'm like, what is what's going on here? Oh, and man. I, yeah. And then there's yeah. like I got like 30 messages. We just saw you on the NFC. We just saw you on the t-. I was like, dog. Right. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was crazy. Man. That's great. That's great. That is so awesome. I love hearing that stuff. Catching the stuff in the wild, nothing like it. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, again, Rob, thank you so much. And and uh, for people to reach out, we've dropped the information there. We'll also put it in the show notes. That way, um, you know, if you if you want to reach out and you have things to to ask him about, he's he's just fantastic to get back to you. A busy guy. Give him give him a minute, but uh, mm-hmm. he'll he'll get back to you. And, yeah, and I will. also I, I also have another thing that I like to. Um, talk about if I could because sure, yeah, it's a yeah. way for people to get a hold of me. It's a new thing I just started. Okay. I started a, a membership program for people, for artists, voiceover artists, business owners. It's called Attorney on Demand. You can go to www.attyondemand.com and okay. 74 bucks a month, you get 
uh, all the questions you want answered during a month. You get free contract review. You get a free contract template. You get discounts on LLCs and trademarks and copyrights. Mm, and so amazing. that's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. It's been like yeah, it's been popular so far, and it's it's just a way for me to uh, get more people that can use my services, and you know it it uh, it's it's good for both of us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What was that? Awesome. One more time. What's the website? One more time. Uh, attorney on demand a www.attyondemand.com excellent okay great what a great domain to wrap yep. up to. oh yeah yeah that's a great one rob thanks again uh happy holidays this probably won't air until probably right after the first of the year but want to wish you happy holidays and thank you again for your time uh, we greatly greatly appreciate it we do thank you yep very much thanks for having thanks. me absolutely you've been listening to it's another vo podcast I'm Alden Schinnerberg. And I'm Jake the Snake. No, you are not. Settle down. All right, all right, all right. I'm Jake Sanders. And I'm Troy Holden. Join us weekly as we spill the beans about our challenges being full-time struggling voice actors. Yeah, and by the way, my girlfriend says you two better get it together because she doesn't want me carrying you two on this podcast. Sayeth the voiceover rookie himself. But be sure and join us on the next episode, because I guarantee it, Jake will do something worth hearing. And what do you mean by that? No, really, what does that mean? Dude, dude, let it go. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, where are you guys going? Hey, don't you kill the feed. Don't you dare kill the feed. Hey, where, where are you going, Alden? Troy, what are you... Are you... Come back!